Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, uh, good to be here with you uh, this morning. And uh, um, I bring greetings. I bring greetings from South Woodham Evangelical Church. Uh, And we are a Baptist church that meets about 12 miles in that direction, I think. Um, And uh, uh, don't go 12 and a half miles in that direction or you'll end up in the River Crouch. So... uh, um, but anyone ever been to South Woodham Ferrers? Oh, good, a good number, a good number of hands. Uh, well, fantastic. Uh, it's good to meet with you as a whole church together this morning. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet with the elders and, and trustees in some meetings, and yesterday I was able to be at your church uh, annual meeting together. And it was great to be amongst you. And it was, it was lovely to hear those stories of, of how God has been leading you into different avenues of service. It was great, great to see all those names on that list of paper of people who are taking on roles and responsibilities in the life of the church. Some people taking on new things and some people setting aside things after years of faithful service. And uh, uh, I, I know, I'm sure that as a church you are are thankful for all those who serve and lead uh, amongst you. As has been said, I'm uh, uh, just offering, uh, walking alongside you really, as you go through this process of, of calling a ministry team uh, to serve amongst you here in Billericay. Uh, and that's exciting stuff, isn't it? Say so, yes. That's exciting stuff, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It's fantastic, isn't it? Seeking together where God might be leading you as his people, as you live out your calling for to follow him here in this community. Well, we're going to be thinking a bit about church this morning. And uh, I originally gave this sermon the title now, called it Church Now and Then. But I'm not sure that that actually is, is a good thing to be encouraged in to, uh, to have church now and then. But what I actually mean is, by looking at the, the early church, what does it teach us today? What can we learn from those first followers of Jesus who gathered together to worship, to serve, and to live their lives out in his name? So we're going to uh, turn uh, to the book of Acts, and if you have a Bible, you might want to turn to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses from verses 42 to 47. So Acts chapter 2 from verse 42. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Lord, we thank you that we have this incredible privilege of being able to open up our Bibles and to read your word to us. Lord, we ask that now, by your Holy Spirit, you would give us ears that are ready to listen and hearts that are ready to respond to all that you call us to be as we seek to be your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wonder if any of you have ever played the game called Taboo. I can see one or two heads nodding, uh, which is, which is good. Uh, the, the rules are fairly simple. Uh, you pick a card, and on that card is a word that you have to try and describe to your teammates. They don't know what the word is, but you have to describe it. And you think, well, that sounds fairly simple, doesn't it? But then below the, the words, you've got a list of other words that you must not use in your description. You can't use any of them. Uh, let me give you an example to, to show you. Um, how about this one? The word you've got to describe is trifle, but you mustn't use the words jelly, custard, cream, sherry, or dessert. Where would you start? Turn to the person next to you, and uh, where would you start describing a trifle? Or how about, uh, if you've struggled with trifle, how about this one? How about trying confetti? How would you describe confetti without using paper, wedding, celebration, throw or church? Where would you begin? One, one last example, how about this one, false teeth. False teeth without using mouth, glass, denture, replace or bite. And without taking your own teeth out and holding them up. Well... I'm sure that you would be absolutely fantastic in playing that game. And what, what makes that game work so well is that the, the words on the card that you're not allowed to use are so associated with the subject that it's almost impossible not to mention them and use them somehow. Uh, so, with that in mind, I wonder this morning, if I were to ask you uh, to describe the word church, I wonder what words you would use. We've thought some of them already this morning, haven't we? We heard words like fellowship and worshipping together. Things that are, are part of what we are and, 
and who we are. We would probably come up with a whole long list of things here within this this room. But I think more interesting is, what about the people who are not here this morning? What about the people in the community around us? That person walking their dog past the church building this morning. What words would they use to describe the church? I wonder what they would use. What would be on that list? Perhaps things like buildings or singing. Perhaps it would be things like traditions. Maybe it would be a word like boring or irrelevant or judgmental. I wonder what words would be on that list to the community around us. Well, in that passage that we read from Acts chapter 2, we heard Luke's short summary of what the followers of Jesus had become and what they looked like. And what we find in that reading are, well, there are are no traditions, there's, there's nothing that's in any way boring. What we see is a church that was relevant and engaging with the people around it. A church that was faithful in its worship and its witness and its service. So what was it? What was it that characterised this church? What did they do? What was at the heart of their life together? Well, as we read, didn't we? It said, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And that literally means that they they kept close company with the apostles' teaching. They hung on every word that they heard about Jesus. They were eager to hear from those who who had walked with Jesus, who had learnt from him. They were eager to learn more and more about Jesus and what it meant to follow him. You know, these first Christians didn't say ever, ever say to themselves, oh, well, we know all the basics, There's nothing more for me to discover about Jesus. They never did that. No, they wanted to know more and more of him in their lives. The one who had lived and died and risen again for them. They they wanted to know what Jesus had said, what Jesus had taught. They wanted to to hear about the compassion that Jesus has had to, to those around him and how he had demonstrated God's love. These early followers of Jesus wanted to be like him, to live like him. That was church then. What about church now? What about us? Well, we haven't got the opportunity to invite uh, Peter, the apostle, to come and speak at one of our meetings. Or, uh, and, and the apostle John stopped writing letters a long time ago. But the wonderful thing is that we still have this teaching. 
We still have the whole of scripture to show us who Jesus is. To teach us what it means to follow him today. Each one of us has this wonderful privilege of being able to open up our Bibles. To log on to our Bible app or to listen to our Bible online and to hear God's word to us. And the example from this early church community was that they were always learning, always experiencing God in new and fresh ways as they came and gathered around his word. Are we, are we doing the same? As individuals, do we have that priority in our lives, in our small groups, in, as a church together? Are we devoted to the apostles' teaching. So what did that church look like? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. We, we saw several signs of this in the reading, didn't we? That they, they spent time together, they ate together, they shared their possessions, they gave to the poor. And this this word translated fellowship is, is the, the Greek word koinonia. And, and sometimes when, when we say that we're going to share fellowship together, what that actually means is we're going to have a cup of tea and a biscuit after the service. And, and if the fellowship is really good, then we might have a chocolate biscuit after the service. I think you might have some leftover pastries this morning, so there we go. It's extremely good fellowship, isn't it? Um, But koinonia fellowship means so much more than just that getting together for a cup of tea and a biscuit. It means participation together. It means sharing together. It speaks of that that close relationship that as the that the family of God together we're called to live in and share together. It's one of the reflections on, on, on about, uh, of what we enjoy about church, wasn't it, from earlier on in the service, of being family together, of sharing together, being one in Jesus Christ together. Encouraging each other, laughing together, crying together. Serving together. That's what we're called to be. You know, it, it, was, it was out of the love that God had for them that so they were called to love each other. Serving one another together. Being together. You, you know, I'm sure you're, you're like me, and during those most difficult days of covid we missed not being able to meet together, didn't we? Yes, there were, it's great that there were other options and ways of gathering in different ways, but actually we missed not being to able to be together. And I wonder maybe if that's taught us a few lessons about what it's like for those people who are permanently cut off and not able to attend gatherings like this together. This fellowship... Koinonia is about sharing life together in all its aspects. They had everything in common, it says in verse 44. 
Now, that doesn't mean that they gave up all of their private possessions and put them into some kind of common pot. We know that those who were in the early church still had their own possessions, their own homes. But what they did do is that they made their resources available to each other as they responded to the needs around them. There was never a case of this is mine and I'm keeping it. It was always, God has blessed me with this. How can I use it to bless others around me? They were indeed a a loving community, living out those words of Jesus. Jesus who, who said in John chapter 13, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So that was church then. What about now? Is the church a a loving community? Not just about smiling faces at each other, but taking time for each other, sharing together, being generous together with each other and with those around us. And perhaps we can answer yes to some of those things. Well, I know that you can. I've seen some of the ways that you reach out to support and care for for each other, and it's a wonderful thing. And how you reach out into the wider community around you. But maybe God is also challenging us in, in how we can share in fellowship together and really be together and live together as his people. Let's ask God by his spirit to lead us deeper into those things, to be loving as Christ loves us. So what did this church look like? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. This was a community that were held together by remembering who Jesus was and what Jesus had done for them. And they did that when they gathered around a table to eat together. They broke bread. Every time that they met, they remembered that God's only son had come into the world And having shown them who he was, he allowed himself to be nailed to a Roman cross and gave his life for us. The fact of Jesus' life, death and resurrection wasn't something that this church pushed to the sidelines or to the margins. It was at the centre, the centre of all that they were. Everything that they did was focused on Jesus. They were together because of him. And you know, that's so important for us to remember today, isn't it? To keep Jesus at the centre as we sang in that song just a moment ago. Jesus, be at the centre of your church. Because you know, sometimes it's so easy to push Jesus to the margins. 
It's, it's so easy. Sometimes Jesus becomes a, an inconvenience for us. We want to get on with our programs and our activities and all that we do and all that we want to be. And we miss Jesus out. We stop looking to him and all that he calls us to be. But no, Jesus is to be at the centre. Not as a bolt-on optional lecturer, but Jesus at the centre. So what did this church look like? Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were a people who were seeking God's will for their lives, both as individuals and as a fellowship together. You know, it's interesting that as you look through the pages of church history, and there are a lot of pages of church history, but as you look through the pages of church history, whenever whenever there has been a time of growth and revival in the life of the church, the starting point is always prayer. Always. I first served as a Baptist minister at... Desborough in Northamptonshire. And nearby, uh, there was a village called Clipston. And I would sometimes go there to lead services or to, to lead funeral services. And, and the Baptist church in Clipston, and Clipston is a small village, um, not very much at all there really. Don't think there's even a shop there now. But a small village. But in the middle of this small village, was this huge Baptist chapel. It was enormous. And it was really imposing. It's a huge place. Uh, And uh, just a small number gathered to worship God there now. But this church had a story. And it was way back, way back in uh, the year 1800, when a man who lived in the village by the name of John Gulliver started a prayer meeting. He felt called by God to start this prayer meeting for young people. And at the beginning, two or three of them met together each month to pray. That soon became 20 or 30 young people who gathered to pray. Not once a month, but once a week. And then soon, it was every day that they gathered together to pray. More and more people joining them. Lives were transformed in that village and in the wider area. There's there's reports in the local press that, that crime just stopped in that local village, in that community and wider area. People started turning up for work on time. People were, were, were so generous in, in the way that they lived in, and it completely transformed the village. Love and compassion was being shared. More and more people came to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Soon, 700 to 800 people were gathering together to worship God at their Sunday gatherings in this tiny village. 
1803, just three years after that prayer meeting began, they had to build a new chapel so that there would be somewhere big enough where they could meet together. When we pray together, God works in us and through us. It's good that you as as a church over this past week, you've taken time to pray and to fast, to seek God's will for what he is leading you to be, what he is calling you into. Prayer must always be one of those words that's identified with what it means to be church together. Praying together. Sharing fellowship together. Remembering Jesus together. Learning together. That's what people saw as they looked at that village community in Northamptonshire all those years ago. And, and, and that's what we see as we look at this church in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. They saw a community that shone shone out God's love in Christ. Their love for each other and their compassion for others made other people sit up and want to find out more. It's no wonder that it says in verse 47, they were enjoying the favour of all people. People looked and saw and wanted to find out for themselves. And the message that they had to declare, made an impact. How do we know that? Well, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. When people looked at that church, they saw something different. And people wanted to know and find Jesus for themselves. They They were faithful to God's word. They were faithful in service. They were faithful in prayer. And God was at work in their midst. And for us as the church today, you know, I don't think anything has changed. We too are called to be faithful. Faithful to God's word. Faithful in service. Faithful in prayer faithful in loving and caring for each other. And so the challenge is, Billericay Baptist Church, how would people describe you? What words would they use? What are you devoted to? If we were playing that game taboo, and the subject was Billericay Baptist Church, what words would be on the list? Words that are so associated with you and who you are and what you do that you can't use them to describe you. What words would be on that list? Devoted? Devoted to fellowship, learning together? Loving, caring, generous, faithful, praying. What words would be on that list? 
Yes, of course, you are in the process of seeking people to serve amongst you in ministry. And we've already agreed, that's exciting, isn't it? That's right. But your story as a church is about all of you working together, serving together, worshipping together, praying together, learning together, loving as Christ has loved you, and then carrying that love to the community around you. That's a challenge for us, isn't it? A challenge for each one of us, wherever we serve him. But the wonderful thing is that God wants to work in each one of us, whoever we are and wherever we are. May we be devoted to living our lives as followers of Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you that we can open our Bibles and read of those who first followed you. Those who lived and served in a world that was very difficult. They faced challenges of all sorts, persecution, questions, doubts. And yet, Lord, they were your people together, proclaiming your name and sharing your love with those around them. Lord, by your Spirit, would you help us to have that same focus in our lives as your people together? Lord Jesus, we want you to be at the very centre of all that we do and all that we are. Forgive us when we get it wrong. Forgive us when we go down the wrong track or or make a complete mess of things. But bring us back again to that place of, of being in your presence and knowing your will and knowing your way. Lord, where we have difficult decisions to make, would you lead us and guide us? Help us to pray together. Help us to learn together. Help us to share our resources together so that we might be a blessing to the community around us and a blessing to each other. May we indeed praise you, Lord God. And as we do that, may we enjoy the favour of all people. And Lord, may we even dare to pray that you would add to our number daily those who are being saved. For your glory. Amen.